G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, for the past two decades, one nation on the face of the planet has dominated the position as being the hardest place in the whole world to be a Christian. So which nation is it that comes to mind for you? Uh, Sometimes our mind drifts off to the Middle East and all of the challenges and struggles that have been going on there. Sometimes we might allow our mind to go off to some of the nations in Africa and perhaps West Africa. But you might be surprised. The place on the face of the earth that is the hardest place to be a Christian is the nation of North Korea. Let's have a chat with Open Doors, who deal, of course, with persecuted Christian believers around the world. James Algeo from Open Doors joining us. Hello, James. Welcome back to 2020. G'day, Neil. How are you going, mate? Very well, thanks, James. You know, it's not an exaggeration, is it, when you start to talk about the hardest place on the planet to be a Christian. Uh, North Korea is still number one. Yeah, absolutely. I've been with the ministry for almost a decade now, and I've actually had the privilege to travel to places like Iraq and Egypt and seen Christians on the front line of ISIS, and you can't imagine it getting much worse than that. But the stories that I hear coming out of North Korea and the believers who we've met, they just paint a picture where it really sits so far above every other country for such a long amount of time. James, the world watch list that Open Doors produces, uh, there's 50 countries on that where it is difficult for Christian believers uh, to function in levels of freedom. But North Korea has been at the top of that list. uh, It's 16 years, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Why is it the case that this is the hardest nation on earth to be a Christian? Describe for us what you understand about the things that are going on in North Korea that really do suppress Christian faith. There's different elements we look at with the World Watch List about how persecution happens, and sometimes it comes from believers' own family, sometimes from the government. Um, In North Korea, there's a huge amount of pressure on all Christians in that country. Um, Basically, they worship their leader, Kim Jong-un, as a god, and to worship anybody else is just against the government, against the state, and it can be sent a death sentence for them. We had um, one believer from that country who said that when Christians come to faith, they make a decision that one day they will die for Jesus, and every Christian in North Korea has made that choice. So basically, to be a Christian in North Korea means to choose to give your life to Christ. And that's why people are extremely secretive if they have in their possession uh, something like a Bible. We take for granted that we could carry Bibles anywhere. We have so many times lots of them on our bookcases and they're they're downloaded onto our mobile devices. But uh, to be in the possession of a Bible in North Korea is is a very, very serious offence. Yeah, it's a very valuable and very dangerous item to have. We've heard stories of people keeping them very hidden, and even parents who keep um, Bible stories, they tell them to their children, but they ha- they can't use the proper Bible stories, names like Abraham and Noah. They just simply tell them the stories um, without revealing to them they're from the Bible, because it's dangerous to even share those stories to your own family. And uh, people who do get caught with a Bible in their possession, uh, oftentimes it's not a slap across the wrist. Uh, they're in fact 
incarcerated into labour camps, uh, what we might even describe as concentration camps. What do you understand about the sorts of camps that Christians are relegated to in North Korea? We believe there's between 50,000 to 70,000 Christians in labour camps in North Korea. And basically the experience we have of Christians, when they first walk into these labor camps, they say these people almost don't appear human. They have their skin hugging to their bones, and they get told when they enter into these prisons that they're called animals without tails. Um, there's a lot of reasons to end up in a labor camp in North Korea for being against the state, but to be a Christian is the absolute worst. And it is basically, there is no escape if you're a Christian in a North Korean labor camp. And James, some people will be saying, well, why is that the case? But the ideology or the religion that is prominent in North Korea is called Jush. What do you understand about the way that religious nature functions? They align themselves to worship Kim Jong-un and his dynasty, so his family that goes before him as well. Um, and everything must be aligned to that to worship him. It's almost straight out of the book of um, Daniel in the Old Testament where they worship the king and anyone who bowed down to anyone different was thrown into the fiery furnace. It's almost a likened to that type of um, religion. And so Christians walk a very dangerous line when they, they, they um, I guess in some ways the government's scared of them because they try and control this faith. They say to them, we're going to shut down your churches. And they say, well, the church is the body of Christ. It's the people. You can't close down that. And they say, well, we're going to throw you in prison. And they say, well, we're free in Jesus Christ. And they say, well, we're going to take away your very life. And they say, but I will live with him. And so the government in many ways is scared of Christianity because they can't control it because it's uncontrollable because of Jesus Christ. So the Kim family, and of course the current leader is Kim Jong-un, but this dates right back to his grandfather, Kim Il-sung, and this personality cult is so strong, is so religiously driven that people virtually worship the leader as a god. And I suppose when we're drawing attention to this whole ideology and why people in North Korea, those leaders, are so fearful of the Bible is that the Bible and Christian faith is a threat to the very regime that is running the whole country. Yes, absolutely. So you guys are into Bible distribution uh, in North Korea. Are there any ways that you're able to let us in on as to how you get the scriptures behind borders and into people's hands and even at the risk of people's lives that they are desperate for copies of the scriptures? Our ministry with North Korean believers is on the China border. So a lot of um, North Koreans make the really dangerous escape to swim across icy rivers to escape into the country of China. And there they're told um, they'll find help with the house with a cross on top of it. And they often don't realize it's the church. Um, and it's very, very dangerous business actually getting Bibles into the country. Very, very dangerous. So what we find is we focus our ministry on helping these people who escape the country. And a lot of the time they discover God in the shelter of the church. And a lot of the time those North Korean believers, after escaping the hell of North Korea, they actually say, we want to go back into our country. We want to go back to my family and my friends, and we want to go and take the gospel, the message of the Bible, back to the people who I love. And it's the people often who we send into the country are the people who have escaped themselves.
Of course, a lot of intelligence and understanding about the way North Korea works happens because people who have escaped have been able to tell their own stories and they'd be able to tell the stories of just how things function in that country. Of course, just recently, there was a young woman who was an escapee from North Korea. You've had some contact with a lady named Hei Wu. Did she tell you her story? Uh, yes, she did. She came out a little while back. I'm sorry, she wasn't young. She was in her, um, she was over 60. But she okay. had so hey, much hey uh, some, for some people, that's young. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she was, she's over 60, and uh, so she's not a young woman. But uh, what sort of things was she sharing? She grew up, and uh, she didn't realize until she was an adult, but her parents were actually Christians. And it wasn't until she came to faith herself that she realized she recognized a lot of the Bible stories from her mother. But she, her own mother had to keep it secret from her. Um, and Hei Wu herself actually discovered Christianity when she escaped from North Korea into China, and she was sheltering in a Chinese church. Um, but unfortunately, there were North Korean secret police who discovered her escaping the country. Um, and now, like I said before, there's different punishments to end up in a labor camp in North Korea, and, and to escape the country is a three-year sentence. Um, and she said she was lucky to only have three years in the prison. I don't consider three years in a North Korean labor camp lucky, but that were her words. Um, as she went in to this prison, she managed to serve her three years and keep her faith absolutely secret. Because you see, if her faith was discovered, she would have never been released from that prison. Mm. But after three years, she managed to get released and she fled the country again. And she got recaptured three times. Three times she escaped the country and went back to prison. She went through nine different prison camps. And at the end of all of this, she said she was praying to God, and she said, I can't do this anymore. And she felt her Father in heaven speak to her, and he said, My daughter, you are walking on water. And then he asked Hei Wu, I want you to evangelize. Now, <laughs> when Hei Wu came to Australia, she told us this, and she said, at first, I didn't really want to do that, and I thought, neither would I. If I'm in a North Korean labor camp, I really wouldn't want to talk about Jesus, knowing that it could be a death sentence above my head. But she said that God put three names on her heart to share the gospel with. And so she waited on God, and she gave him some space. She said, okay, God, I need to think about this, and she kind of didn't act, and she kind of waited with these three names in her heart. And she said a few days later, the guards came into her cell, and there's about 30 other women in her prison cell. And they called out almost every single name in her cell. And they took these women away. And she doesn't know what happened to these other women, if they were transferred into another prison or if they were released. She doesn't know what happened to these other women. All she knows was she was left with the three women that God had told her to evangelize to. <laughs> and so Hei did the unimaginable. In the middle of a North Korean prison camp, Hei started a church and the only place safe enough to start this church was a was a North Korean pit toilet, which was so putrid and full of waste that the guards wouldn't come near it. And so that was Heiwoo's church was inside of a toilet. It is an amazing story. And there are many stories like that that come out of North Korea uh, of people who will, when we all get to heaven, they'll be the ones at the front of the queue and uh, the ones with the biggest rewards, no doubt. The way that Open Doors uh, has ministry into nations like North Korea, 
you guys do a whole lot of things, not only with uh, relief supplies, but uh, Christian books, other materials. Uh, you're doing training uh, for radio broadcasting that gets across the border and into North Korea. Uh, these sorts of things don't come cheaply. And for listeners to our conversation today, James, who would think, well, uh, it's not every local church that has an opportunity to support people who are behind bars in concentration camps, who are behind the border of a closed nation like North Korea. Uh, when you've got an appeal running, no doubt uh, there'll be those who'd like to give generously to it. You have an appeal running at the present time. Uh, how do you hope people will respond? We know that we have a huge supporter base of people who love North Korea and are praying for that country. We know we've had faithful supporters who have been praying it for decades. Um, but like you said, at the moment, we have an appeal asking for people actually to be able to raise money for some of these projects we're running with North Korean believers. And we're actually trying to raise um, it's quite a large amount, $84,000, to be able to support this ministry to North Korean believers um, all up and down the Chinese border where people are wanting to share the gospel, wanting to even go back into their own um, country to share it with their family that they're left behind. And so really asking um, the Australian church to be able to see what they can do, to be able to pray for these believers who are ready to risk their life for the name of Jesus, and sometimes ready to even evangelize in the midst of the most dangerous situation. So we're asking if it's possible for people to be able to give um, what they can to be able to support the gospel, the growth of the gospel in a country like North Korea. Well, James, all honour to you and to the team at Open Doors. You do an amazing job. I'll give the website for those who might like to find out more detail, uh, get some resources, find out uh, some more of those stories that come from places like North Korea. Uh, the Open Doors website is opendoors.org.au and there you'll find a link where you'll be able to give to that current appeal as well. James Algio from Open Doors, just great getting your insights. Thanks so much for being with us today on 2020. Thank you so much, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.